Welcome to the Dark Zone, an adventure racing podcast. There <laughs> are times in the race when you are the one feeling strongest, and there, there are times when you are the weakest, and that will happen to all of us during a long race, and, and probably happen a lot, many times during the race. So we all know that this is what a race looks like. You need help, and you give help. Uh, so, so we're all comfortable with uh, taking help and, and giving help. And, and we also, if someone not instantly say they need help, we usually see that, yeah, now he's struggling a bit. I take your pack for a while. Okay, you people sit tight, hold the fort and keep the home fires burning. And if we're not back by dawn, call the president. You're going the wrong way! What? You're going the wrong way! Welcome to the Dark Zone Adventure Racing Podcast. This is your host, Brian Gatens. Episode number 83. This is a big one. Welcome to the Swedish Armed Forces Adventure Team. Per Vessling and Asker Zavard join us all the way from Sweden to talk about their race and their world championship. A lot of good stuff in here. I don't want to spoil it, but sit back and enjoy yourself. This is a good one. A course is offered today on how to be a strong adventure racer, how to train and how to be a good teammate. So thanks for being here. Before we get into the episode, I want to call out this episode's sponsor, Orienteer.co. That's right, Orienteer.co. A new app, use it on your phone, use it on your computer, let you design a course, let you run a course in your backyard. You could share courses, you could do different things. A newer application on the adventure racing scene, and we are happy to shed some sunlight on this product. So be sure to check it out, orienteer.co. Quick little programming note for this episode. For the first good chunk of the episode, you can hear only Purr and I speaking. Oscar was on a high-speed train with poor internet, and he joined us about halfway through the episode. So it's Purr first, then Oscar comes in. They both did a great job, but I said Purr, I said Oscar. Where's Oscar? He was on the train. You'll hear him eventually. I'd like to also mention the Dark Zone's charity partner, Ascend Athletics. We are proud to support their mission to empower young women through mountaineering-based leadership training and community service. All of our listeners are encouraged to visit ascendathletics.org to learn more about Ascend and their work in helping to develop leadership and resiliency in young women in Pakistan and Afghanistan through fitness, mental health, community service, and mountaineering. Please note that Ascend pays nothing for this mention. We just love the work that they do, and are happy to spread the word. Be sure to check out their website for some upcoming activities that anyone can get involved in. Clearly a heck of a course, right? Clearly it was yeah. something else. Was, was the course everything you thought it was going to be? Or did it get, or was it was it more or less than as hard as you thought it was going to happen? Uh, I think it was more than I was. I, I, I was the, the sections were longer and, and uh, yeah, than I sort of thought before and was expecting so it was longer and we were expecting yeah as he said like uh, about 100 hours but but then it added up 
and in the end we we yeah yeah that last that few hours that's part of that yeah that you guys uh you, you know you were enjoying the course so much you want to stay out there longer mm. right yeah you, uh, exactly. i mean it was, we were watching you at the end and those sand dunes were just a big handful for you and the back and forth and you know the i don't know if you have a chance to to get the scope of the of the dot watching experience but i mean there were so many of us that were just sitting at home and just watching the the uh the race and how you guys were doing and when you were back and forth on those final cps it was we were, we were holding our breath i mean we, we knew you weren't going to get caught but we it was like holy cow these poor people are out there for so long um yeah 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 but we were nervous we didn't know if they were like five minutes after or hours after so at first we went out from the ta we know no team had arrived there so we knew we had kind of a lead but we didn't know how much if they just yeah, if they came. Well, exactly. <laughs> well, that's part of the trick, right? I mean, you're you're yeah. you get you get into a TA and you see that everybody yeah. else's bikes are still there, right? So you yeah. know you're yeah. you know you're for the most part you could tell you're in first place. Yes. But you have no context of how close the teams are behind you. No. No. Right? And and so that there's that psychological component of the race. And yeah. clearly you had read, I mean, day five, you really kind of turned the gas on and you really started pulling away from the field at that time. At at any point during the race, when you when you when you as a team you were rolling. What did you, when did you really struggle in regards? Was it, was it the cold and the heat in the beginning? Was it that sleep at the end? Like, you know, clearly, I mean, first off, congratulations on winning a, a world championship, right? We should, we're sitting here having Thank a you. conversation. I should tell the, the listeners at least <laughs> you, who you are. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, per Vesling is, is joining yes. us from, from uh, the Swedish Armed Forces Adventure Team, the yes. 2023 World Champions of Adventure Racing. They won in 2021. Yes. Um, the team was, I'm, I'm going to let you say everybody's name because I want to make sure I don't butcher it. I'll say the first names. It was John, Malin, Oscar, and Kerr were the, yes. were the members of the team. Could you give me everybody's full name? Because I don't want to butcher the pronunciation. Who's your team? <laughs> yes, the, it's the team captain, John Carlson, uh, who, who has been in the team from the beginning. And then Marlin Jalmarsson has also, also been in the team from the beginning. And then it's Oscar Svard. He joined a few years ago. And then and then me, Per Bestling, I joined uh, for this year. I have been racing before, but it was uh, for me, it was 11 years since I did a world championship. And I was uh, in the team winning the world championship at 2011 in Tasmania. So for me, it was sort of a comeback and it was a very long time since I did it. So. But but uh, it's a great team and and uh, we we had a a really good race together. Who is your? In, I always like to ask uh, about navigation. <laughs> a lot of the listeners of the Dark Zone are, are newer racers, yeah. right? And yeah. the goal of the Dark Zone is always to uh, is to share with the world adventure racing and the and the training and the culture and the climate yeah. and how that yeah. goes. I always like to talk with navigation and you yeah. know. Yeah, I have to tell you, I don't know how much of the coverage you caught up on if you even look at Facebook, but there was some there was a comment on Facebook where someone's kind of like, well, you know, it looks kind of easy, the navigation. I mean, clearly it's someone sitting on their couch, right? They have no idea. Yeah, yeah. How complex as a team did you find the navigation? Um, both complex and, and easy. So some parts were quite easy. I mean, the long biking sections more or less turned the right way and, and there was not any big difficulties but 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 then on some tracking sections and and places where the maps and the the real life is is not really the same uh, there are trails and tracks going that are not on the map and there are tracks on the map that you 
there are not really so so in some parts it's yeah yeah very complex and 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 also when you're there in the night um, nighttime to find things it's getting even more and then for us in the last section you add also the sleep deprivation sort of your 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 head is not thinking as as fast as as clear as you would want it to do and then it adds up even more complexity to to the navigation Right, and so it gets progressively harder as the race goes on because the the, the strain on the team gets higher and higher. Plus the you know the, yeah. the personal exhaustion, the wear and tear on the body, and I think yes. that's one thing yes. that makes adventure racing such an amazing sport is that so many different yeah. systems have to work in unison to come together. Right, your your, yes. your physical yeah. component, the team component, the mental component. Um, and yeah. so your, your your point was well taken that it was at times the, the long bike sections I heard were really something else. Right, just you're on a road yeah. for hours and hours and hours. But sometimes, you know, you it gets dark and it gets slow at night and your lights yeah. are on and you're looking for you're looking for a checkpoint somewhere out there in the middle of nowhere. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And and also in the, this long that they, they I mean, you are you should turn right someplace. But but in the very long sections, you go hours after hour and then there is a turn and, and it can be easily missed if you're not focused at that moment. So it's yeah. And if you turn in the right, wrong place and you think you're in the right place, you can end up spending hours coming back to and finding out where you are. So, yeah, it can be easily be very complex. Yeah. And then there's that there's a, the point sometimes in the race and we've all we've all gone through it. And, and uh, if you're a world championship or if you're someone who's racing on a weekend, there's that feeling of what you're you have a map in your hand and you think you know yes. where you are but you're not completely yeah. certain. And it's like, uh, do I go right? Do I go left? And you have to make that decision there. And that's where the team yeah. kind of comes together. Did you, did you find during the race itself, the navigation, you know, obviously it was at times easy and at times complex. When, when you layer on top of that, the, the, the terrain itself, one, um, one thing we've been hearing about South Africa was that it was just, it was, it was, it was rough going. The, the roads were, were relatively rough. I mean, this is an adventure race in the, in the middle of, yeah. of, of Eastern, the African Cape. Yeah. Clearly challenging terrain, um, the heat, the cold, um, the yeah. quality of the roads, things like that. Was that what the team expected it to be or was it more challenging in that regard? I think uh, it was more or less what we expected uh, and in some parts we expected it to be maybe even even worse i mean we we, we looked around before the race uh, we we spent a few days before the race and we were driving around a little bit just to to see what the roads and the terrain and what the trails were looking like so we, we had we had an idea of what it looks like in the terrain and 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 also what the map looks like and how accurate that is so so yeah we did some research and i think yeah we pretty much expected what what really showed in the race as sure, well sure and, and and to that point you mentioned before the race you did some driving around and you had gotten into yeah. to, to kuga early preparing for the race itself when i had a chance to 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 watch and to read some of your post-race uh interviews and some of the conversations you had yeah. you talked a lot about the level of preparation you had going into the race yeah. where you felt that yeah. you were you were legitimate shot at being world champions before the race even started what is the team's preparation as a team do you train together often does your life allow that do you do some races back and forth like how close are you as a team when it comes to training before the race actually starts 
Uh, well, we live uh, apart, so, so some of us, Oscar and John, they train, yeah, maybe on a weekly basis, <laughs> sometime together. But but, but uh, for the rest of the team, we don't meet that often. But we have some training camps that we come together and train together, and and we did uh, the race in Croatia in in May as a preparation for this as well uh, to come together and train. And and since it was my first race with the team also to to sort of um, try try us out and and um, talk together how we would do this in the best way um and and as for the preparations um navigation wise we, we of course uh, read all the the posts about uh, the race and tried to get a picture of uh, how the race uh, where it would be and how it would be taking the clues that they gave us and, and also i mean you can print out maps find um, topo maps on the internet so so we printed out of course t- to get an idea what does the map look like and also then before the race driving around and look yeah we have the map uh, what does it look in in reality uh, is this trail on the map or not and 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 so to get as much info as possible and and to get as good preparations and uh, and to know what to expect when we stand on the on the start line. Yeah, that's a very common thing. I think we all do that, right? We have a we're going to do yeah. an adventure race, and and for those who are new to the sport, it's it, it's it's not uncommon for the teams to get the maps just before the beginning of the race, right? Some yeah. some teams yeah. do it the night before, some do it the morning of. Some races yeah. get it on the bus to the start, right? And that's part yeah. of the, yeah. the the dynamic of, of adventure racing. But yeah. when you know there's a, a race start place right a resort or a town or a location yeah, yeah. everybody spends time before the race looking at the the, the maps and looking at the topo yeah. and trying to get a sense of the course and so swedish Armed forces is, is no different than that and the fact that you this was your first time racing with as a group you did croatia together but you you were yeah. returning to the sport you yeah. had to work on the team dynamic yeah. um, how much how much discussion did the four of you have about that team dynamic for the race, or did you just start racing together and you try to figure out that dynamic along the way? Uh, we had some training uh, before the first race uh, together and the way we discussed things, but but the other three uh, had raced together for a few years and they had sort of a plan how to they divide things up. And I, I come to the team and my my, uh, my my role was to help to help uh, Oscar with the navigation that we we help out with the navigation and uh, and then I mean uh, John already had the role as a team captain and takes care of, of the strategic uh, decisions and and thinking and then we have Marlin that does all the logistic and packing and uh, food planning and all she is she does all that and she does it very good and we trust her on that so we we don't interfere she just makes a plan for that and, and then she pre- presents to us and we we go with it sort of so, so they had their roles and i just came in and and took my role in the team sort of and and so we had some discussions before and we tried it out in croatia and we had some discussions after if there were small things we we wanted to adjust and me and oscar had talked a lot about how to to do the navigation together and how in this race 
it was kind of new for both of us to get the maps and to had to write all the ch- print uh, mark the yeah. checkpoints and and all that before we none of us had really done that in 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 before in so that was new so we had to find a strategy for that and and uh, yeah so we had a lot of discussion to the listener so the, so the way yeah. it works and, it, and those who listen to the previous episode yeah. with, with with Stefan the race director teams would get basically blank maps at, at, at yes. transition areas and then there were the master maps that were laid out on tables and it was a team's responsibility to go over and to self-mark their own maps where the checkpoints were. Yeah. Did you have, and you mentioned that that was new to you. Did you have a plan for how to do that? Like would, for example, would Oscar go and would he mark up those maps and then you would go and double check his work? Or did you just assume that Oscar did it properly the first time? And I asked this question because team 400 mismarked yeah. their maps and they missed checkpoint 26. And as a result, yeah. they finished they finished second, but they they were they were ranked behind everybody else because they missed a checkpoint because your team had cleared the course. Yeah. Did you have a strategy for that map marking, or did you just assume that Oscar was going to be okay with it? Uh, yeah, we had a strategy, and and uh, so our strategy was that sort of that both of us should check the the that the CPs were right. So so if one was marking it, we, we, we tried to mark both sets of maps. We got two sets of blank maps and we our our goal was to to mark both of them. So uh, if Oscar was doing the navigation, which he did on foot mostly, um, I would have a set of maps that they were the same so I could have the map and see and support him when he needed. I mean, you could, you could give the map back and forth, but, but it's much easier if, if both have a map and you can just, he can ask me and I know exactly what he means right. instantly and can, and have a look sort of. So, so we, we had a strategy that we mark both of them and both of us should check all the checkpoints. So we got them right. And, and we also in the team had a strategy that the map marking and the map that that we allowed it to take the time we needed for that. I mean, if we needed to stay um, more time at the transition, it, it was worth it. We we the others the others, Marlin and John, they took care of our bikes. They did that. That's their th- task in the TA, and we focused on the maps to get them right and correct. And and on the biking, we marked the. the the route choices because it, when you bike it's harder to to look and 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 mostly it was maybe you had a checkpoint and then you went through one two three or four maps before you came to the next checkpoint so you had to lay them out when you draw and, and make yeah this is the route we are going to go if you do the the tracking you can more read while running or walking so it's easier so then we didn't mark as much the ch- the ch- route choices but yeah yeah, na- so, navigation so on the strategy. bike is so hard, right? So you had, yeah. so you had that, you had that set, right? You knew what you're going to do yeah. going into it, and 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 that was an interesting. We had a lot of discussions here uh, online yeah. and informally about that, is because that that's a whole separate discipline now, right? Doing that yeah. properly, and yeah. you know, and, tra- yeah. and transitions are a discipline. Um, yeah, I was I was speaking to some other uh, the racers prior to this interview, and what one question that came across was. The transition areas in this race um, were very, very nice from what we saw. You know, the the yeah. the, the, the food, yeah. the people, the vibe. How did the team avoid getting pulled into the the black hole of a, of a transition area? Right, because once you <laughs> once you stop racing, you just if there's a fire, you know, they call that yeah. pillow rock, yeah. right? You can't don't, yeah. don't go near yeah. the fire. 
what did you, did you say to yourselves on the way in, like, listen, okay, transition area, no more than 10 minutes, or let's move people, or did the team have the self-discipline just to move quickly through the TAs? I think more that we had that discipline. We all knew, I mean, me and Oscar, we focused on the maps, and when the maps were done, we we, were, we went back and, and uh, helped the others with the finishing the bikes up and or, or whatever needed to be done, and, and then... So we could get going as quickly as possible. So I think all of us were focused on doing it as fast as possible when we get in. And and usually going into a TA, yeah, I guess most team does that. But we repeat it for ourselves. What needs to be done? What things are we bringing out? And and so we made sort of a, a plan going in for coming out as fast as possible. And, about, and what's funny too is because you were in the lead for so long, you didn't see a whole lot of yeah. other teams on the course, and and so as a no. result, unless unless you cross somebody like in in an area, you really were kind of by yourselves at the front of the race for such a long time. Yeah, yeah, we were. We, we I mean, we saw the Estonians and the French uh, on and off for some times, um, but but mostly we were we were. Walking, running, biking alone. Yes, alone. And, and and I bring that up because you know it's the transition areas are, are humanity, right? It's civilization. You see people, and and if yeah. there's yeah. if you have media people there, and if your friends are there, and you see the and yeah, you know, and when you pull into a TA, it's it's almost like it's not that you've won the race at each TA, but the volunteers are probably so happy to see somebody that they kind of celebrate yeah. your arrival. Right? <laughs> yeah, you kind of feel like you finished. Like, oh, look at us, we won the race. We're in the TA, and you have like yeah. four more days of racing ahead of you. Um, and so I, I have, I have found personally that it's easy to get pulled into the transition area and talking to people and connecting with people and taking energy from them. But then all of a yeah. sudden, like the clock just gets faster and faster and faster. Yeah. And, yeah. and we realize if you spend too much time in the TA, every moment that you're stopped, the teams behind you are moving. Um, and yeah. they're, yeah. they're in a way to yeah. get you. Um, and so, yeah. so I, I appreciate the listeners appreciate the fact that you just sort of all knew move quickly through the transition area and get out of there um, because yeah yeah that was on. our strategy and and if someone started talking to some reporter or something a little too much we, we we reminded each other that we need to get going and we need to we need to do this quickly this, so, so so we we try to help help out as much as possible too it, it, it's an interesting strategy i like how some race directors and this was done here in america with a, a endless mountains is a five-day race here in america and what they did yeah. was rootstock racing um they put together a every team had to do a transition at, at one of the at one of the cps every team had to stop for the same five minutes and do an interview yeah and, okay yeah and, yeah, and, that, yeah. And, and that was from the team that was in the lead who, by the way, had no desire to talk to me because they wanted to get going. God bless them again. Yeah. So that's why they won. And then the team yeah. at the very, very back, everybody had those five minutes. So to your point, when you talk to the media, everybody everybody pays the same time price yeah. as opposed yeah. to you because yeah. people are hungry for race information and it's, and it's tough. And, it's, and from a media perspective, you want to simultaneously respect the racers and get them out on the course, but you also want to get some content and information for the people at home. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. where it gets challenging. Yeah, that- yeah yeah but mostly i think it was quite okay they they maybe they followed us in or out interviewing on the way so so uh, i don't think we 
spend too much time talking, yeah. lost any time talking. Yeah, and, and Char- Charlotte did a great job. Charlotte Farragher with her, her magic microphone. Yeah. The thing yeah. seemed to work everywhere. She'd be in the middle of Nowheresville and that microphone. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to get <laughs> yeah. myself one of those. <laughs> <laughs> um, a, yeah. a big topic of conversation during the during the uh, the race was the was the swings in, in the heat from the from the cold at night yeah. to the heat during the day. Yeah. How did you? I, and I saw in your in your uh, post race interviews that you had threw yourself into the streams and somebody was covered in mud the entire time. Um, <laughs> yeah. what, is, what is your what is your your weather strategy? How does the team manage that? Oh, I don't know if we had any real strategy. Um, we more on the on the very hot sections. I mean, we had to slow down the pace uh, to not get uh, too exhausted and and try to cool down as much as possible and and drink a lot and and so on the long trekking up where it was very warm we said we we we, we pace ourselves we go slower now and and when the sun goes down we can increase the speed again and and go faster um and i think we succeeded in doing that very good um and then was a very hot section on the last biking going up the Bavians, the mountains there, uh, where we had to go slower again, and and on that place, I was also not very well, so we had to go slow anyway. But you said how you would slow down. Yeah. What is what is your team's speed like? How quickly? Like like when you say you're trekking, do you do you trek at a fast walk? Are you running? Do you do you do you walk on the hills and do you run the flats? On the bicycle, like, are you in a pace line the entire time? Like, what does that, what is, what does it look like? What does fast look like for Swedish Armed Forces? Uh, fast. If we go fast on the trekking sections, I would say, yeah. Then we run in the in the flats and the downhills all the time, and and usually walks in the uphills. Um, and maybe on the first section, you you might do some slow running in uphill too, if. Yeah, but but usually on the flats and in downhill you run and you walk, yeah, as fast as you can uphill, sort so, of in a in a steady pace uphill. Yes. Right. So so when you when you say you run and you know they they talk in 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 training the idea of, of being in zones, right? Zone one yeah. is like you're basically walking. Zone five is you're completely out of breath. Yeah. In between when you're when you're when you're running on a flat during like is it is a conversational pace? Like can the team talk to each other? Are you are you sweating hard? Is your heart rate elevated, or do you play the long game and realize we're out here for hundred and hundred plus hours, and we better not get ourselves too tired, get ourselves too gassed? Like, how do you control? You move so quickly, but you yeah. and obviously your training plays a huge role, right? You're you're yeah, I've seen yeah, pictures yeah. of you. You're lean. You're strong. <laughs> you have to do it for a hundred hours. So how do you yeah. how do you manage that for that long? Yeah, I would say we 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 have a pace where we can talk and. We have a pace that no one in the team goes, yeah, on red sort of, or mm-hmm. goes too hard. Since it's, as you said, it's a long race. We all gonna last. We have to last for five days, so there's no use going too fast. <laughs> so, so then what does your training look like in advance of the race? Be able to go for five days to go the hundred hours and have the conversational pace. What is like a, a normal uh, training cycle for someone like you? Like, do you, you know, and we all balance our lives, right? And, yeah. and obviously in the, the, the military component for all of yeah. you. And, and yeah. it's kind of, it's, it's kind of built into the culture of who you are. 
Yeah. How many hours a week would you guess do you actually spend time physically training to prepare for the race? Yeah, for me, I I was doing uh, between twelve and fifteen hours a week training. For this, some weeks when we had some training camps, for some it was more, uh, and, and some weeks when I needed a bit recovery, it was less. But but maybe on an average twelve to fifteen, uh, and, and I tried to do. Uh, at least one longer trekking because the trekking is the the the, the running is is the one that takes <laughs> the most on your legs so do a longer running with backpack so right. maybe when th- that you're out for four three four five hours do at least one of these every week week to to get your legs used to the long right. the long running with the backpack yeah, and that's the idea of the big weekend, right? Like for for a lot of folks who have typical nine yeah. to five jobs, what you do is you squeeze in what you can during the week, and then you set aside yeah. a weekend day to go big either one of those two days. Um, yeah. But I, but I think it's I think it's it's nice that you share that that data because you know, I mean, you are the world champion. Let's let's call it what it was, right? You went to South Africa yeah. and you had a commanding <laughs> race. You did so well. But I'm sure that there are people at home right now who are training for their own races, like and they're getting ready and they're realizing that like you're doing this on 12 to 15 hours a week. I mean, you have years of base behind you. Yeah, you've been doing yeah. this for a long time. But yeah. the fact that you're uh, the the average the average racer, the, the the weekend warrior, could hear you talking about your training and realize that there's a closer connection between the two of you than they realize that you're not yeah. you know yeah. living off on your own. Um, and I do agree with you that the, the trekking with the pack is, is 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 huge in many ways because the wear yeah. and tear on the body. How do you yeah. how did the team protect their body during the race? Because every everybody breaks down, right? Everybody falls apart during a race. How did you stave that off for as long as possible? Yeah, one thing is that the the, the pace ourselves uh, not go too hard, so you you wear your <laughs> legs out. Um, and one. Uh, one problem that we we all had in the end was sore feet and and uh, and to take care of that you change socks uh, often uh, and try to dry the, your feet out as much as possible we had uh, good shoes that you don't get blisters and that are uh, roomy and comfortable um what, what shoes what brand shoes do you wear <laughs> we have Topo Athletics uh, is the brand. <laughs> they have very wide uh, uh, forefoot, so so your toes have a, a lot of space, and they're gotcha. really good, I think, for for this for this kind of racing. They yeah. worked really good for us, anyway. So they were well, really I, good. I mean, this racing was between the the, the rockiness of the terrain with the with yeah. the sand and the grit. I mean, once that gets into your shoes, and you know, the idea of drying your feet out. I I had the chance to race this weekend, and and some some the feet on some people were pretty beat up, and what it was, it was yeah. feet that got wet. That they yeah. stayed in the wet shoes forever, and you know, and your yeah. feet get quote unquote they get dry. They yeah. really don't get dry. They just get less wet, and then over time, yeah. your feet just break down. Um, yeah. And you're right about that that wider foot because your toes just get hammered. I mean, yeah. going to, yeah. going downhill is just brutal sometimes with the pack on your back. And yeah, um, yeah. On that on that the topic of the pack on your back, how much gear sharing do you do during the race? Do, do people do you alternate who carries weight for other people? Yeah, a little bit. Um... Um, Oscar is the physically strongest, so he had some more in the beginning because he, he's stronger. But and then we share when someone feels um, tired or sore, or in some way we we try to shift the the gear as fast as possible and and uh, to re 
to the ones that are feeling the best carries more. So to, we try to move around when needed as much as possible. Did you, did you, sometimes people struggle asking for help, right? That's not an uncommon dynamic that if they, if you're in a race and if you ask for someone to assist you in the race, you're, you're fearful in your head that you come across as feeling weak, right? You're falling apart. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, and that requires you to trust your teammates to everybody to sort of admit when they're having a hard time. Yeah. Did you, do you discuss that before the races as, listen, you have to give your gear up, you have to share your gear, or are you also comfortable with each other that you realize that sharing gear is not admitting weakness? No, no, we have all been racing uh, so much. So we know that uh, there are times in the race when you are the one feeling strongest and there, there are times when you are the weakest and that will happen to all of us during a long race and, and probably happen a lot, many times during the race. So we all know that this is what a race looks like. You need help and you give help. Uh, uh, so so we're all comfortable with uh, taking help and, and giving help. And, and we also, if someone not instantly say they need help, we usually see that, yeah, now he's struggling a bit. I take your pack for a while. So we... I think we help each other. It comes natural in some way. I didn't feel it was any problem at all getting help or helping out. So I think we have a good uh, a good way to solve it in the team in that way. And, and, and the self talk. I what I what I what I do for myself. I hear other people do too. Is that you the the the, the internal dialogue with yourself is if I don't give my teammates some of my gear, I'm hurting yeah. the team. Right. Because because if you insist on holding on to your gear and you get slower and slower and slower, you're slowing the team down. So sharing your gear is actually the best thing to do for the team. So it's not a, yeah. it's not self. You're not helping yourself. You're no. helping the team. No. Um, yeah. We had, we, had, we had a race this past weekend uh, out here called the Stockville, the two day race. Yeah. Um, I really struggle with downhill descents. I always kind of have if, if you know, this is this is the, the Internet. You can't see what I look like, but I'm kind of. I'm kind of tall and I'm kind of big and going downhill yeah. is always oh, kills me. My teammates yeah. this weekend were like, listen, we're taking stuff out of your bag. And I gave, and yeah. I, and I, and it was amazing how, when I shared my stuff with my teammates who are much better at descending, yeah. the whole team just did better. Right. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. we really encourage that for the newer racer that you have to get humble, right? Either, yeah. either you get humbled, either, either you are humble or you get humbled, right? You learn yeah. over yeah. time to do that. Yeah. 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 So, so you you mentioned the 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 feet and how you know, sore feet was a tough thing and getting dry as much as possible. What yeah. about nutrition? Um, what what is the team? Is there a team strategy going in? How much of did you eat your own food? How much food did you find on the course? How much did you? Because logistically, you mentioned Malin was is in charge of all those logistics, yeah. like the food and everything, yeah. which by the way is a really really hard thing to do. Yeah. How did you feed yourselves during the race? Um, when it comes to food, we, we or Molin <laughs> makes a plan for all the race, and and we bring all the food we we need for the race. So so in yeah, and we bring it all from home. We we usually don't buy yeah almost any anything, nothing from when we at the at the place. So so we we plan to have all the food we need from Sweden and, and Malin makes a plan for all that and, and she plans what to bring. And it's, yeah, it's, it's candy, it's bars, it's, uh, yeah, anything that you, and, and a mixture. So you don't get fed up with one thing, you have another, some other things. Yeah, and for this race, there was also this problem with the weight limit on the boxes, because when we had packed our boxes the first time with all the food we thought we needed and with all the gears, I think we had, 
10 kilos too much. So then oh, we had yeah. to sort of had to take out <laughs> food and gear and, and sort of slim it as much as possible. So so we ended up um, uh, for the long biking down, we only had sort of one freeze dried meal and and uh, and um, some candy, and we counted on that we could stop in some of the villages that we were. Right would pass to buy something more because we didn't have room to put in. We, we, we had some and, and we didn't eat all on the paddling down. So we had some more, so we had some food, but, but uh, we had to buy, we knew we had to buy on the way there. Um, and of course in the transitions, if we found hamburgers or anything that was easy, accessible and, and easy, of course we bought that to eat that instead of the dried food we, we brought just to get some real food. Of course, we, we take all the opportunity we can to buy good food if it's easy, accessible on the course. But but uh, since we can't count on count on getting food, we bring all that we think we need uh, from home. And, and that's that balance, right? Carry as much as you can to the course. And you probably end up Everybody ends up bringing food home, right? You tend to yes. you tend to bring it with you, and you pack what you can, and you overestimate, and then eventually yeah. a lot of it comes back with you. I mean, some of my food yeah. is the most well traveled food in the world. It's been it's flown across the, <laughs> the oceans twice. Um, yes, yes. And and so you mentioned the idea of, of sourcing local food and the TAs yeah. and things like that. Uh, a lot of the pictures that came out of the race were pictures of teams that had stopped in local cafes and were and were and were with the, the local citizens and having a good time. Yeah. You're, you're there to win the race. Do you yeah. do any of that kind of stopping during the race, or do you just keep? Do you just keep going? Um, we we uh, we, don't, we didn't really stop. We stopped. We, we bought food in the TA where we had to stop anyway, and where it was easy for one to go and 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 buy food while the other is preparing. So we didn't lose time. Uh, except from that, we we stopped in in the long biking. We stopped in a and in a shop to buy food uh, and stopped for a short while to eat there. But that was because we had to, we were out of food and we had to <laughs> refuel that, that, our bodies. That was survival, right? That was survival. Yeah, that was right? survival. That was, so we didn't stop to have a good time. We, we were doing a fast uh, shopping and, and ate a snap fast and put the rest in our, in our bags and, and kept going sort of. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I know many racers, myself included, have a tough time avoiding the gravitational pull of a good cafe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if, if there's fresh bread and coffee, uh, 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 we're stopping. Um, yeah, yeah. So, 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 so yeah. Ask Oscar. I think Oscar might be here. He might be trying to join yeah. us. What, what, are, what? How old are the two of you? What are your respective ages? Uh, I'm forty-seven. Uh, I turned fifty this year. Fifty this year, and so and. And first of all, I'll be I'll be fifty three and in on Saturday, right? So the, we're the we're the old men club here. Um, yeah. But I, I love the idea that the that at, at at those ages that you're performing at such a high level. And so let me let me let me shift gears just a little bit in terms of we talked about training before, Oscar. You were on the train and you kind of heard our conversation going. We talked about training and getting ready and keeping yourself fit. Oscar, what is your what is your strategy for staying this strong that it, at fifty years old you could go and you could become a, a world champion? Um, I think for my uh, 
for me, it's been that I have been competing in cross-country skiing, in long-distance skiing for until I was um, 40. And, and that was like 20 years of uh, a lot of training and much more training than I know than I do today. And uh, I never stop after that. I like uh, go on with the training, but not on the elite level. And then uh, four years ago, when I when I uh, five years nearly now in the beginning of nineteen, when I got the chance to come in this team, I once again start to train more. Uh, but I cannot train like twenty twenty five hour every week nowadays because uh, my body uh, I don't recover so well as I did when I was uh, uh, twenty thirty. So um, I heard Per say that he's training around 12 to 15 hours and maybe I'm training around 15 hours in like some medium, some weeks 25, but some weeks also five to 10 when I speed up in more um, uh, quality or higher intensity training. And uh, I also think, yeah, I heard what you say about the uh, amateurs and uh, like um, people in lower level that they train a lot, but I think it's important what you train and uh, I think we have discussed that a lot in the team and we try to focus and have some training sessions where you really need to do the long distance running for the muscles for the leg. But you, I think maybe some people do a lot of that long sessions and, and sometimes uh, forgot the high intensity training that they like the base of training and the most important training, even if you are doing a five, five days rest. Yeah, and it's the idea of all about balance. Do, does the team work with any sort of coaches, or do you all just do it? Your your training independently. We 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 discuss training a lot in the team, and uh, we try out uh, and follow the um, like new things coming up, <laughs> and we also, of course, use all the experience we have from. Our uh, long, uh, all of us have competed in different sport, different level uh, since it was small. Um, but we have no like training coach for for uh, the team. Uh, but once again, we discuss training, and I think uh, all of us know what we need to do. Um, uh, and then it's up to each athlete to do this. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. There's the informal conversation among the team members regarding expectations, and then independent of that, you have to do your own training to get ready. And to, to your point, you have you you all have these long experiences with racing, and it all kind of comes together. Let me bring you back, Oscar, to, to the race itself. Um, clearly, commanding performance, and, and you were listening before you were on the train. And I was talking to Pear about the, the the success that was had there. For the, for the actual 100 plus hours that you were on the race course, what did you find to be the most challenging part of that race itself? What, what, what really, where did you find that the team had the hardest time? Um, first, I would like to say that, that we have done a lot of work before the race and I have never standing on the start line with so much confidence and really know that we should do a, very good race if we should be the winner or if we should be number two or three or four or five you never know because that depends on the, the other teams uh, but i think from the start uh, we did exactly what we have planned we don't look at other teams we we have our own sleep strategy and so on uh, and i think that works really really good uh, maybe until the last uh, uh, leg uh, and 
for me, the last leg was, I, I was really fresh during the whole race, except the last leg when I was, had the <laughs> sleeping problems. I was walking, sleeping, uh, uh, and, and, and that was really, really tough. And, and, uh, what's new for us this year that we have uh, during these five years, I have been alone as navigator in the team and that's a big pressure. You should be fresh in the head the whole time. You should do the right uh, decisions. And now we are paired as a, also a really good navigator and we can discuss things and uh, we can help each other. And uh, I heard that you discussed that the, the France team make the mm. mistake with the, with the control. So, and, and pair have some, some hours with, with some problem with the stomach and maybe he was not the strongest, but yeah. in the last leg, when I was out, then he, uh, come and, and could be fresh and, uh, uh he had recovered. We have take his, uh, bag a little bit yeah. and so on. And, and then he was fresh and he can, he could, uh, help me uh, with the map. Uh, unfortunately, the, I think the last, uh, leg had, a. Uh, Worst <laughs> map. That was hard, <laughs> and, you guys. Uh, yeah. And it was also dark. Uh, I mean, if you had that uh, leg in the sand dunes in the in the light, it had been not so much problem. But to, to try to to explain the, uh, what was sand dunes, what what vegetation, what was the thing between, and. Uh, the the map I must say was not. I think in in these forty two maps was quite. I mean, as one to fifty thousand, you knew what you will have, uh, and we was prepared for that. But the last one was maybe the worst one, uh, and uh, then we was also tired, and I was uh, very very tired of. I, I want to sleep also. So that was. I think totally that was the toughest one. Had we knew that we was in so big lead before the last leg, then we could have slept two hours there and we have had faster time in the, in the finish. And, and yeah. that's your, and that's the challenge, right? You're in the dark, you're in the sand dunes, you're looking behind you for headlamps, right? I yeah. mean, cause at any moment a team can come up, you don't know where yeah. you are in relation. You mentioned sleep strategy and the, the idea of racing out there for multiple days. When did, when the race started, right? The race, I believe it was 11 o'clock start in the morning and you had to be transported to the race start. So Let's say when the race started, you were awake for six hours. Race starts at 11 yep. o'clock in the morning. When did the team take its first rest and how long was that rest? Yeah, uh, we don't, we didn't sleep anything the first night. Uh, and that was, that is a really good strategy because then you are so yeah, you're on, you're, you're, you're still very fresh in the body and so on. So that was no problem. And, and we saw that the change, uh, the transition between uh, leg three and mm -hmm. four, that was the perfect place for us to have the first sleep. And then we can decide how long we sleep. Uh, also depending on how long, uh, in which time we will arrive there because the dark zone of the, of the, um, pallet. Mm -hmm. So we got exactly what we want. We slept there for two hours and 50 minutes. There was some address uh, inside and that was the best sleep for us during the whole race. Yeah. And then we go on and then we slept nearly like two hours each night, but the quality was very big. It was not like the high quality on like in the first, uh, first slap. Right. And then we did it for the second, third and fourth night. 
But then we expected that the last leg should not be longer than seven, eight hours maybe. And then we, we, we was not sure. Uh, we had no idea how much. We was in the lead, we understand, because there was Mark, uh, landowners, they was out, you are so, are you so out, you are the leaders. But, but we have no idea how, we, how much time it was before the, the, the other teams. Right. So, yeah, it's easy to say now. If I know that you, you are in the lead with uh, like eight hours, then of course we have stopped. We have slept for two hours and then we have done a better last leg than, than and the, t- the total time have been uh, shorter right. because all of us was really tired. Right. And that's that last leg was projected to take seven hours and you guys enjoyed it so much you stayed out there for 14. Right. So clearly that yeah. was, that would really, and I was saying before yeah. we started chatting, how we were watching at home, that one CP in the sand dune was just bedeviling you. You were back and forth, back and yeah. forth. Yeah. Um, wow. And that's what happened. I mean, eventually the, the sleep comes apart. So let me ask you a question about the strategy in the race. Um, it was an excellent race course in many ways. And the race was, was so challenging in so many ways that dark zone on leg three, right. And, and for those at home, the idea that you, you got on the water, there's one paddling section in the race. You had to be off the water by a certain time. If you weren't off the water, you had to stop and go to the side of the side of the river and stay there until the dark zone ended. Clearly you were gunning to get through that dark zone. At any point, did you think that you were not going to make it or did you know you'd be okay with the paddle? Uh, I thought, uh, I think we was quite clear that we should uh, fix it after the first and the second leg because we saw that we, we have nearly the right time on the first leg. The bike say, number two was strong and everything. But of course, during the leg three, when there was expected for 17 hours, I think, and we had 21, we was nearly one of the fastest team anyway, or, or Estonia was a little bit faster, but uh, uh, the heat uh, was was terrible <laughs> for us Scandinavian Vikings. You know, we like the, the cold weather. <laughs> and, and, uh, and then we understand that there should not be like three, four hours sleep, uh, sleeping because five o'clock we could go out. So we, we understand that, okay, we follow the plan. We do for this two hour, two hour, 50 minutes as we have planned. And we, the France team arrived and they just slept for maybe 20 hours and uh, 20 minutes and they went away. But we, 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 we have our own, own strategy and we will just uh, follow, follow this. And the paddling was also faster because there was so much water and the, the, so many, so, so high speed, I think. Also. Yeah, people talk about how the, the powder was so enjoyed, beautiful, it was fast. Uh, at any point, did you could you fall out of the boats? A lot of people got wet. Did you go in the water at all? <laughs> it sounds like a yes. <laughs> pa- pa- what did you say, Pat? <laughs> Sorry, I was... Yeah, uh, we- yeah. We we went out uh, pair two times and I one times and but John Molly and John they was not doing it and we we, we the, the the canute uh, or the kayak was was quite short so we try a strategy that pair was sitting behind should sit not on the on the. Um, in the seat uh, set, you know, uh, behind the seats but to sit a bit higher a bit higher, uh, to a get bit higher in the boat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that got a bit too uh, unstable. Uh, yeah, and we got a bit surprised for the of the first uh, rapid as well. So I think. Right, right. But and the good news is uh, it, it wakes you up though. It takes away the sleep yeah, when you fall yeah, when you go yeah, into cold yeah, water. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's like it's like a free shot of caffeine. Um, yeah, and, maybe also a little bit dirty water on. Uh, so <laughs> that was. <right>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you had swimming to the racing. So so good job on yeah. that. Um, so 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 now. You have you have two world championships inside the last three years, right? So now it's so you, 
what is what is the horizon for the team? Like, clearly, you're at the top of the podium in the World Championships. You're looking towards the future. What is what is next? Are are you are you getting into the the a, a dynasty idea that you plan on coming back next year and winning again? What what is your what is the what does the future look like for Swedish Armed Forces? Uh, I can talk for the whole team and the project, which is called like uh, Swedish Armed Forces Elite. We are like ten people in in the whole Swedish force uh, uh, forces uh, who have a possibility to train. Uh, half of the day and work half of the day uh, during like if you see, look at one year uh, of course if, if you're a competition in two weeks then you need to work f- full uh, for two weeks after or, or so but 50% of our time is for training and f- 50% for working like in the green clothes I, I, I normally say uh, and that project it's one more year so uh, Marlon and John and me who is like uh, normally work every day in the in the uh, in the army uh, we have this and and we also want that Per should stay with us in the team for one more year and uh, he have been like <laughs> congratulations Perry, you got a contract congratulations yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, I, like I say before, for me, it's been a huge difference in both in the race in Croatia and now that you have one, even if maybe I did, like we, we can say it I, on the paper, the first navigator in Paris, the second, it's yeah, no matter. Yeah. We, we do this together and, and we can discuss. I mean, yeah. when I discuss Medellin and Marlin, they, <laughs> <laughs> they never have any idea nearly. I, I should not say exactly so, but John, John is quite smart and he have, he have many ideas, but, but when you look at the map and you should make decisions, it's not like they don't want to take any decision. They no. say you, Oscar, like, like I heard Paris say that John is very focused on all our material. Um, I mean, we have no damage on the, anything. And this because he's amazing work with the bad bikes and right wheels and everything. And yeah. Marlon is doing the logistic and I never, I never have. I, I just listen to Molly. When, when we come to the transition, 10 minutes, five minutes before uh, team, this is what we do. And she had planned everything in home. So it's quite easy to be yeah. in Swedish Armed Forces uh, adventure. Well, it, it sounds yeah. like, it sounds like as a team, you, as we, as we discussed with pair and with, you know, Oscar, yeah. that everybody on the team, besides having the base of experience for a lot of years of racing, you all really know your roles really well. I, one navigates, one person's logistics, one person's in charge of taking care of equipment. And so the, it sounds like you've fallen into this, this almost this Goldilocks experience where everybody kind of knows their job. And because they know their job, the team just moves faster as a unit and you're not figuring those things out anymore. No, I think if you should start thinking about everything, then you then there's too much in the head anyway for me. Yeah. So I, I really happy that we have these clear rules and I do my work and uh, maybe my uh, girlfriend don't like all the the, the time I have spent on on uh, <laughs> maps uh, before the competition and all the night training. But anyway, I, I have my my part of the. I should do this as good as possible, and then I really sure that Per do his work, Molin do his work, and John do his work, yeah. and and that's the reason where we are uh, in the top and have been. I should say we have. We have we was number two in Paraguay since two thousand nineteen. We have won. Won all the all the adventure race uh, series uh, we have uh, take part in. So uh, I was quite I was really disappointed last year in Paraguay uh, when we were second. Uh, we was uh, in the lead to five legs, and then the the Abaya was stronger. Yep. Or I. I don't mean stronger. They were smarter. They know the terrain. They know how to find this. Uh, <laughs> like I say, Indian tracks. Uh, how how to find this uh, this uh, and navigate in that kind of uh, and that's there. I really have had 
been perfect to have a person like pair with more experience. Like I have, I have just do this for some years, but, but, um, uh, we are a stronger team now. We are a more complete team and not stronger, but we are a more co- complete t- team right, now. Right. And, the point, and I think what you're saying there is that, you know, the, the strongest team, the quote unquote, the strongest team doesn't always win the race. There's a, a variety of the strategy. There's all the things before the race, during the race that you have to add in there. And it, it sounds like the addition of the new teammate, bringing him on board was part of the the, the, the missing piece, if you will, that by bringing him in, it, it helped to make up for yep. that challenge, having the, the second navigator there. Absolutely. That yeah. was why we decided to, we have other people who, who is strong, is really good athletes and good people and everything. But, but we, we that was, we was missing last year in Paraguay. When I get the, had this uh, problem with the sleep and we have, we, we slept a little bit too less. We, we was pushing too hard to try to beat uh, Avaya. And then we got a problem and then we, the, the competition was out, <laughs> the chance to win. It's not so bad to be number two, but uh, anyway, we, we want to, we want to win. And, and, uh, of course, uh, Ecuador, I have never been in Ecuador, but it looks amazing on the, on the photos and, uh, we want to go there and, uh, we have a start looking for a program for, uh, uh next year. And uh, hopefully we can also in April visit, uh, us in a big race. Yeah. Well, we, well, we hope you hope you make it first of Ecuador. Uh, I had a chance to race down there with, with Santiago one of his races and you're going to love the experience. It's a, a, a beautiful country, tough terrain, great people. So obviously you're going to beat the world champions next year in 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 in, uh, in Ecuador. Dark Zone will be covering that also. We'll be doing some sort of, of media alongside that. We really enjoyed our experience with, with with South Africa, and when you get to America, we have to actually do our best to connect then because um, big fans of Swedish Armed Forces. We we love the work that you've done. We love your success. The way that you've what what, what you do as a team for, for those of us who are venture race fans is. By talking about your experience today, you sort of laid out a blueprint for what other teams can do along the way about the training and the work they do together and knowing everybody, knowing their role. So congratulations on your win. Congratulations on going into an offseason. It's always nice to finish with a win, right? And we are, we're just delighted for you. We're very, very happy for you. We are near the end of our time. Uh, we all have to begin our, our respective days and get rolling here. So I just want to give, we'll start with you first, Pear, and then Oscar. Pear, any closing thoughts before we finish up the podcast? I'm very happy to be racing here. So that's, and then to be able to race with this fantastic team is has been really good. And and for me, when I got the question last year, it was sort of a one-year project, but but um, when, it, uh, when it turns out this way, of course, you want to continue. So So that's what I have to decide for myself. And my with my family, yeah. very nice, very nice. And, and I, we, as we say in schools, you know what's fun? Winning is fun. So congratulations yeah, on yeah, your and your, yeah. and, 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 <laughs> and one your project might become a longer project, right? So yeah, congratulations probably, there. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Good. And Oscar, finishes up. Take us home. I mean, I, I'm also really happy to be in this team and I get the opportunity from the team start 2014, and I was comes in the team 2019, and I'm very, very happy. I also think we should say a big thing. Thank you to Stefan and Heidi and the, and all the Award Series to uh, have this uh, really really good uh, race in uh, like tough race <laughs> um, 
and uh, they have done a great work. Um, I also heard a little bit about the navigation on the on the bike, and uh, as Per say, the, the navigation was not so difficult in first and second bike uh, leg because it was quite big roads. Anyway, it was bad roads and it was a lot of wind and so on. And you never you you must do the right way anyway, even if it's easy. Yes. But the interesting thing and what we have heard. Uh, and when you go back and look at Stephen's races uh, before, is that the end of the race always have been difficult navigation. And that's happened on the last bike leg, on the last leg leg, because from the Bavians, there was two opportunities to take. Uh, um, and we took the right uh, one. And uh, for example, the Estonian, they took the wrong way. And this was maybe a little bit shorter. It looks shorter on the map, not so much uh, high meter, but the ground was totally different than the one we was using, who was a little bit bigger one. So. I'm really happy that we, even if it looks maybe on the map, not so difficult, we always took the right decisions of the right, right uh, navigation. So I, I think that was uh, really, really interesting. Yeah, and clearly the, the right decisions at the right time with the right team. Congratulations, Swedish Armed Forces, on your world championship. We want to talk to you all again. We want to hear about your offseason. We hope you come back on the dark zone. And thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you a lot. Thank you. And there you have it, episode number 83 of the Dark Zone and Adventure Racing Podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a listener. Special thanks to Oscar and Pear for taking time out of their day to be on the show. Oscar had to deal with a train and he had to wait and all sorts of stuff he had to do. So we're grateful for everyone for being here. If you like what you hear on the show, please head over to your streaming platform of choice and rate and click and like. The algorithm likes that. And lastly, special thanks to our episode sponsor, Orienteer.co, a newer application on the ARC that lets you design at-home-based navigation courses. It's new, it's fun, it's interesting. Give it a shot. And thank you, listeners, always for being here. We'll always be free to you. Have a great day. Keep racing, keep training, and be safe.